Welcome to the Pulse Experience, the podcast that takes you on a journey of wellness through the intersection of technology and human experience. I'm your host, Edward Beltran, CEO of Fierce and innovator of Pulse. We often don't realize how stressed we are and what's causing it. And if we do, we don't know what to do about it. And the cost is huge at $300 billion annually to organizations, as well as the impact on individuals. And there's so much required of us at the workplace and at home these days, and we often don't have the self-awareness to understand what is going on. However, our bodies do not lie. Pulse is our proprietary app that integrates with any wearable device that uses cutting-edge science to tell you when you're stressed by the hour, and it also syncs with your calendar data so you know exactly where you were and what you were doing when you experienced the stress event. Then based on that information, you can move into action with the live coach or our in-app AI bot to tackle these stressors with skill and gain sustainable resilience. This is the Pulse Experience. Today, we have the opportunity to go deep with Chantal Brandt, a certified Pulse coach who's going to walk us through her coaching of a gentleman who is taking silence and not showing his emotions as a sign of strength to the detriments of his work and personal relationships. Chantel, welcome. And please tell us more about today's theme. You know, letting silence do the heavy lifting doesn't mean avoiding emotions or in hoping that you or the other person will just get over it. You know, Susan Scott states that learning happens in the space between words. Space does not mean never having the conversation. Mm. Quite the contrary. Going silent and avoiding issues does not eliminate stress. My coachee is a naval HM2, which is the equivalent of a medical sergeant. Um, and throughout his life, when he gets upset with someone or about something, instead of having a conversation, he just goes silent and never goes back to address the issue. This has become a pattern of behavior, Ed, and it's impacted relationships and it's causing him stress. Wow. I can't wait to dissect this further. Uh, this is definitely something I can relate to. And uh, I think, you know, a lot of people, um, it, you know, suffer from because it's safe to just not do anything, but those issues, they don't really go away. And since you referenced, um, you know, Susan Scott's work, this whole concept of uh, gradually then suddenly uh, comes to mind, right? Which is you avoid things, they're there, it gradually happens and then suddenly the results hit, right? <laughs> so what was he experiencing prior to Pulse, prior to your in intervention? What was happening in his life specifically? Sure, but I want you to take a listen. Oh, you go silent. Yes. Okay, for how long? Um, normally until I get over it. Are there times it goes longer than a few hours? Uh, it has in the past. That's the pattern. That's the pattern. And it has impacted uh, several relationships and uh, caused him great stress. He's even dismissed this. In fact, he stated that before polls, he didn't understand why he was having high stress scores because he doesn't address issues that upset him. Imagine what's the problem, right? Ignoring or avoiding stressors, you know, may provide temporary relief, but the underlying issues tend 
to persist and accumulate over time. Ed, you said it best, gradually then suddenly, he was walking around with blinders on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking so I'm looking forward to us getting this further. You put him on pulse to your point, his initial reaction was, I don't have any stress because I'm not dealing with anything. So what what happened? How, what was what was the self-awareness piece that he walked away with after being able to see his biometrics by the hour? Yeah. The pulse made him aware that you can't hide from stress. You know, um, if you're experiencing it, the app is recording it. And suppressing the emotions and failing to address the underlying issues that cause cause the stress level to to hit threes and fours. And it was leading to increased irritability, withdrawal, you know, and sometimes even conflicts. Over time, this strain was really damaging personal and professional relationships. Interesting. You say suppressing uh, uh, emotions or feelings. Um, Gabe Delarosa, our chief behavioral science officer, done a lot of research into like coping mechanisms. So all of us have to cope to a certain degree before we address it. But to your point, he was doing some negative coping, as you know, we call it, and um, it has larger detrimental um, um, effects. So. Uh, it's so awesome, though, that he at least sought out your help, Chantel, to try to figure out what was wrong. So let's talk about that. What did you uncover during the coaching session? What happened? Yeah. You know, my coachee has always found value in and perceived strength in what his mind was not showing emotion. And, you know, Ed, we see this a lot in the military. We see this, you know, a lot in... um in our traditional, you know, mentality around, around men and that to be strong means you don't show emotion. You leave emotions at the door, right? The reality is that's an impossibility. Everything we filter goes through emotions and emotions serve as valuable signals that provide insight to our internal state and they help us to navigate the world. When emotions are consistently suppressed, it leads to a sense of disconnection and an inability to understand and regulate one's feelings. So it comes mm-hmm. out somewhere else. Mm-hmm. You know, we really had to break down and show the actual impact to him long term. I want you to take a listen. Uh, what's likely to happen is I probably won't be able to um, cope or those mechanisms won't continue to work, therefore causing the stress to boil over. That's huge. Causing the stress to boil over. It's interesting that you talk about like kind of how males are raised and perceived strength. And this is where I have a real tough problem with the word resilience, which has popped up in our nomenclature so much because the the official definition of resilience, if you look it up, is the capacity to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties toughness underlined, right? And the reason why I have so much, such a hard time with this is because we're supposed to be progressive in how we teach skills and how you deal with people in conflict in your lives. But that definition doesn't do it, right? It sounds consistent with the way I grew up, which is uh, get up, don't feel sorry for yourself. And no one wants to hear you cry or in my early career, uh, don't let them see you sweat, right? And you didn't talk about mental health. So mm-hmm. it's just so interesting that you mentioned this because even today, this concept of resilience, we're trying to break that down into what gets underneath. So please continue. This is absolutely fascinating. 
Yeah, you know, that's the thing, right? This is about uh, learning to ride the waves of, of life. And emotions are fundamental in in human connection and in communication. When my coachee shut down his emotions, it impacts his ability to express himself authentically, to empathize with others, and truly to connect on that human level. With him, we had to start with a specific instance in which he was having struggles with a direct report so that he could actually just build the emotional muscle to have bigger conversations with others in his life. Because this is just not showing up at home or at work. It's showing up at home. It's showing up with, you know, um, his leaders, his parents. It's there. You know, this is a pattern and it's impacting everything. It's actually even causing him uh, a larger workload because when he's upset, he just, you know, takes over and does it himself. And, you know, we know where that leads. And his overall decision making is based off of how he's going to show up or not. We spent a long time in the labeling of emotions, choosing the right intensity. I listed out for him, you know, um, a range of emotions and choosing the right intensity for the circumstance Hmm. and worked through how the emotion feels in the body. What were the outward signs, the triggers that got him started? And what factors really enhance or diminished those triggers? So we deep dove into understanding those emotions were both natural and necessary. So, um, you know, they provide that intuition and guidance that we all need. And him suppressing it and trying to rely solely on rationality was causing his brain to hurt. I mean, we only have so much cognitive space, right? Mm -hmm. He was overlooking important factors and that was leading to suboptimal choices in his relationships. After that, we worked through a confront conversation, unpacking how these bottled up emotions can lead to resentment, anger, communication breakdowns. You know, for my coachee, who rarely shares the emotions, talking about um, them was showing both intimacy and it was disarming. You know, for the recipient, in this case, his direct report, he had never had an encounter with my coachee where my coachee expressed emotions. By doing so, his direct report actually leaned into the conversation a little. He was letting him know that he was affected, how he was affected, and he was being vulnerable in stating that he really wanted to resolve this issue. Chantel, it's really interesting because this is in the context of military, and yet you're helping your coachee connect with his emotions to be able to have a bigger impact with one of his direct reports. That is absolutely fascinating. And do, and, and do you find that, do you find that some believe in military that those two are in opposition? Absolutely. You know, and it is a defense mechanism. You know, when you are in an environment in which you have to, you have to function and, and it's your life and, and those around you on the line, then, you know, it is, it is go time. It, you can't, you can't think about it. You can't have an emotion about it. You revert to your highest trained behavior. It's the aftermath. And, you know, we see it 
with PTSD, we see it all around us in the coping that they used when they were in high stress, life or death situations doesn't work when they are back at home working, being with family and trying to have, you know, life beyond. For sure. For sure. Um, Wow. That's so amazing. I mean, Chantel, just the applications and just the fact that we know that being able to connect at a deeper emotional level has bigger impact than, than not. This is so fascinating. Talk about the resolution. So you train them to have this confront conversation with his, um, the rec report that was needed. And he took a different approach than what he typically would have. Tell us about this. How, how did it play out? Yeah. You know, my coach, he realized that he has a responsibility to model the behaviors he expects from others. You know, rather than shutting down, he was learning to express emotions in a constructive manner and to communicate effectively with others and through emotion. It's okay to have emotion. You know, he recently had a conversation with this direct report expressing his feelings about the incident that took place, and they're working on how to resolve it together. This direct report looks up to him. And so, you know, there is a life beyond, um, again, beyond the military. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And showing, you know, how to still talk about feelings and get the work done makes them more, I'm going to say, I'm going to say resilient in the best light. You know, this, this is, this is about building the, the muscle, right? This is about building the muscle to, to handle uh, the situations that they're in, in, in the best ways and showing that um, emotion is not an enemy. Mm -hmm. It actually helps us to make better decisions. You know, as a result, my coach's stress level is lowered by 8%. And I will say it's still a work in progress. He's now aware of those moments. And he asks himself these questions such as, what am I feeling? What are my triggers? What was it? And what factors enhance the trigger? Suppression. And how do I diminish? Have the conversation. You know, these questions are so important to proper emotional regulation. You know, uh, this is self-awareness and self-management in action. And so many people, you know, really just think that they're aware and they're not. Ed, (laughs) I mean, you know, you know this more than most. Yeah, you can say that again. Yeah, definitely. The the research shows that 95% of people think they're self-aware, but 10 to 15% really are such a staggering statistic. And as I said many times before, Chantel, I still wonder what side of the fence I'm falling on. But what I think, what I find most interesting that you said though as well is, is we talked about resilience and the definition of toughness, but yet you made the clear connection, Chantel, which is, is absolutely brilliant and insightful between underneath that is self-awareness, understanding your emotions, right? But more importantly, how... What do you do with that in a constructive way? And that is what we believe is sustainable resilience. Just absolutely incredible. Um, Chantel, you've done such an amazing job here. Um, Before we break, what do you want our listeners to walk away with? You know, a a quote that I I live by, Ed, by a top neuroscientist, Antonio Damasio, who proved that we are not thinking beings that feel. We're feeling beings that happen to think. You know, we're processing emotions every day, all day. 
and they exhibit a multitude of complexities and intricacies. And all information, both internal and external, goes through the lens of emotion first. And so this is about learning to uh, develop the skills to recognize, understand, and manage. You know, by we call this rum. You know, um, and by by exhibiting rum, we express the needs, the concerns, the boundaries clearly and assertively. We can avoid conflicts and misunderstandings that contribute to the very stress that that my coachee was experiencing. Wow, so insightful. So, in this scenario, Chantel. You did an amazing job of working with somebody who's in an environment that reinforces this disconnect, disconnection, excuse me, disconnection from um, emotion, if you will, this uh, you have to be tough and in control at all times. But the reality is, is that's not how we connect and that's not how we motivate people, right? Especially mm-hmm. if you're in a senior leadership position, be it military or be it civilian, so I find it absolutely incredible because we've done a lot of mm-hmm. uh, research behind this, as as has many um, others. And as you said, with your uh, neuropsychologist quote, we feel first, but then it's up to us as a discipline mm-hmm. to get past that feeling and get to the logical side. And then what do you do about it? Avoiding it, as we were talking about, doesn't solve it. It's still there. <laughs> and as we learned with, with this scenario, Pulse will show it to you. You are experiencing stress. Whether you drop down and do 400 push-ups to try to take your mind off of it, that stress is still there. Whether you run or sprint four miles, which I did yesterday, by the way, <laughs> it's still there. But how you identify yeah. and become self-aware and surgical with what's happening in your life and handling it in a constructive manner. I love it, Chantel. Thank you so much for yeah. the wonderful work that you're doing. Absolutely, Ed. Absolutely. You know, I I, I do want to say one thing. You know, it's it's quite interesting when we we see this with military and first responders, right? In in these situations, they are in tune. They're not even feeling stress in these in what we would consider high stress life and death situations, mm-hmm. where they're experiencing a lot of the stress is. The typical day-to-day mundane um, actions that take place, conversations that take place. It might be around the groceries or picking up the kids, extreme right. levels. And, you know, it's so it's understanding, you know, this dichotomy that, that, that they're dealing with and uh, working to bring down so that they can truly enjoy the life that they spent protecting. Absolutely, Chantel. Thank you for that last piece. We're going to be exploring that in future sessions. But as the research shows, um, our chief behavioral science officers done amazing work with the Naval Center and Combat Operational Stress Control. And uh, one of the things he stipulates is, is that that everyday mundane stress, like you say, Chantel, uh, when you walk into these high risk situations, your propensity to make an error or have a lapse in judgment is higher because you're those muscles, if you will, for how you handle stress or, or focus are already taxed. So I appreciate you, uh, yeah. you adding that little bit and we'll be exploring this more in future sessions. Thank you again, Chantos, uh, for your time and your impact. Thank you for tuning into the Pulse Experience podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and gained valuable insights into the world of wellness technology and biometric-led coaching that changes lives. If you're interested in experiencing Pulse for yourself and working with one of our expert coaches, please click the link in the description below. Until next time, thank you.